Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning on this gorgeous Saturday here in New England. Uh, finally getting some sunshine this morning after uh after a few days of, of lousy weather up here, I mean, I know we need the rain and that sort of stuff to fill up the reservoirs for uh, for the winter time. But uh, boy, it sure was nice to wake up this morning and uh, see the the beams of sunlight uh, streaming through the windows. So happy Saturday to you! I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the day so far. Great, great to have you along for the ride. We've got a wonderful show for you today, and uh, we're really really looking forward to it. Uh, thanks to Zach Hutchinson, the producer for the show, Zach in studio with me this morning and uh, he and I get to uh, enjoy some time together as we uh, we bring the show live to you and we're really going to have a good time. Uh, I'm going to jump right in today because uh, we've got a lot of material to cover. Uh, our guest today is Scotty Nell Hughes. Uh, Scotty currently serves as the news director for the Tea Party News Network which was launched I believe it was last November. Uh, her stories on the street uh, include interview packages and uh, entertaining yet revealing interviews with some of the most notorious names in both politics and Hollywood. Uh, her interviews have been linked to top sites like the Drudge Report, Breitbart, The Blaze, World Net Daily, and The Daily Caller. And she's had uh, several stories that have, uh, that have really gone, uh, gone viral. Uh, Scotty's also appeared numerous times on uh, television shows like The O'Reilly Factor, Hannity, Fox and Friends, America's Newsroom, The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson, Your World with Neil Cavuto, uh, American Live with uh, with Megyn Kelly, and the list goes on and on, including uh, other broadcasting companies like the Canadian Broadcasting Company and BBC. Uh, she also serves as a columnist for townhall.com, townhallfinance.com, Christian Post, uh, and she's a contributor to, uh, to Patriot. Uh, .tv and patriotupdate.com, and she's also a former politichick. Uh, most recently, Scotty was named uh, by Right Wing News to their annual Top 20 Hottest Conservative Women in the New Media for 2013, and she won the 2012 Blog Video of the Year by the National Bloggers Club at this year's uh, CPAC. Scotty is a, a magna cum laude graduate from the University of Tennessee at Martin with a broadcast communications and political science degree. Uh, she realized her calling for a life in political journalism at the young age of 12 with her first reporting job as a kids-to-kids -kids reporter for WKRN, uh, who's an ABC affiliate in Nashville. She went on to win the top high school broadcaster award for the state of Tennessee and the broadcaster of the year for her college class three years in a row. 
And with all of that going on in her life, Scotty is still an active member in her community. Uh, she was named Citizen of the Year for the city of Hendersonville, Tennessee in 2011, uh, as well as Member of the Year for the GFWC Women's Club. Uh, she's married to Chris Hughes, who's a home builder and is also the Sumner County Commissioner. And uh, they have two young children, Houston, who's five years old, and Alexandria Lynn, who's four. And Scotty uh, just recently, like within the past month, uh, published a new book called Called Roar, the new conservative woman speaks out, and we're going to be talking about that as well as some uh, some of her uh, attitudes and approaches to uh, to business and success and the Christian life and how all of that uh, melds together, especially for uh, a woman. Uh, in society today, a conservative woman. So with that, we're going to jump right into our program and bring you the first segment of our interview with Scotty Nell Hughes. So uh, our guest today is Scotty Nell Hughes. Uh, Scotty is the director of the Tea Party News Network, and she's also authored a really, really neat book called Roar, The New Conservative Woman Speaks Out. So Scotty, welcome to the Gary Smith Show. It's great to have you on today. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on because you do so much. You know, we sit there and we talk about all the time that you, you, know, you hear these big voices go, oh, you know, we need thousands and millions. I know those people listen to you, but if there's just one person that hears this conversation that you and I have today and they feel inspired, they feel motivated, maybe they're having a bad day and they go, you know what, I can start again on Monday and they're, they feel inspired. And you, know what? you and I, I think, have a reason that we can rest our head easy on the pillow at night. There you go. There you go. Well, the first thing I want to do is just ask you to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about your book, uh, why you decided to write it, and now that it's been out for, I guess, a little over a month, how's it doing? Well, that's the great thing. It has been out for over a month. It came out September 16th. Um, we had, you know, there is in every single bookstore, and I'm so proud of Costco picked it up, Sam's picked it up, Barnes & Noble, all your traditional bookstores, but I'm just as proud that my Christian bookstores, I went with a Christian publisher because, to me, you cannot take my faith out of my life. It literally is entwined. So much my business is a part of my life. Politics is a part of my life. My faith is the most important part of my life. And so I went with a Christian publisher, Worthy Publishing, who is phenomenal. Also has John Hagee. Also has a lot of other great, great voices out there. And, and that's what means so much to me is the fact that the Christians are Christian women, Christian men. They're seeing that you can live a life in politics and in business and, and out in the secular world and still be a light for Christ. And so the book has been wonderful. I cannot tell you, while I love some of the phrases that go public and, you know, Bill O'Reilly endorsed it, came out and did a whole segment on Rush Limbaugh a couple weeks ago, came out and talked about it. Um, the truth is, I love the emails and the tweets from those stay-at-home moms who have said, literally, I felt like I gave up my life when I had children. I, get, I felt like, you know, I, that I went to school for so long, and, 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 I, and I wonder, I'm worried about my future. What if something ever happened to my husband? What if something ever happened to our economy? We're struggling as it is. Thank you for inspiring me that, you know, things, good things can happen. So those kind of tweets, those things, that right there, like I said, if I just reach one person with this message, that makes it completely worthwhile to me. Yeah, that's that's really important, and I think that's it. Is that it's one person at a time uh, that really gets it. And as you said, a lot of times people want to get out there and they want to make this big splash, you know. But but if you just take a if you take the view that it's a little pebble that you drop into the pound into the pond, how those ripples reach out and how many lives that one little pebble is is going to touch. I think that is just so so important. Um, you know, my radio show is about business and personal development. So in some ways, it's not, you know, it's not a political show, but 
with everything that's going on in the world today, you know, both here at home and abroad, it's impossible to run a successful business or live a successful life apart from understanding the spiritual and the moral and the, and the political dynamics that are going on around us. And when I was preparing for our conversation today, Scotty, I was talking with my wife last night and she, um, she brought up something that was really, really critically important. It was a cartoon uh, that she saw a number of months ago where there there was a picture of uh, of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and then next to it was a little house. And the caption uh, over it said, what goes on in Congress dramatically affects what goes on at home. Uh, so the impact that the government has on our lives and, and things like that, I just think is so is so critical. Uh, and you know, as I started reading your book, and it's funny because I, I identify with this so much because uh, because of my wife, but I was reading the first paragraph or the first few paragraphs of the first chapter of your book. And it starts off with, you know, edit article, change out washer and dryer, add dry clothes to pile in the corner of room for folding, check Tesla stock, don't need to sell, restart frozen computer, let dogs out, confirm Fox News hits next week, try to book hotel reservations, fix peanut butter pancakes and cereal for breakfast, call next hotel because first price will, ne will never get approved, load dishwasher, clean up dog poop upstairs, have interview with Orlando radio station on Obamacare, holler at kids to pick up bonus room or else they don't get play dates tomorrow. Oh wait, I need to schedule play dates for tomorrow. And it goes on for several other paragraphs and then you say, and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, I mean, literally, as a wife and a mom and a businesswoman, you are a powerful corporation of one. Uh, why is it that in so many areas of life, women are, they're not being recognized and utilized for the tremendous abilities that they have to make major contributions to the spiritual and the family and the business aspects of our world? I, I just don't get that. No, and that, and that's that's the funny thing here. Okay, so let's let's start off on this whole sex issue since you brought it up. Men versus women. Guess what? God made Adam from Adam. He made Eve. I don't care if it, it, I don't care anything else. That right there states it. I am a different person from a man. I am a woman. I came from a man made from God. And so you have to look at that, and you have to realize what that actually means, and you have to respect that order. And you respect that order when it comes to your personal life, but also to your professional life. And you're right. Women, there are differences between men and women. Men are really good, and it's especially in business, and looking at the overall picture, setting their idea on a goal, and just continually pushing towards that goal. That's what men are good at. Women, on the other hand, we're good at the detail. We're good at multitasking. We are good at making sure that everything, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Now, with that comes the drawback. We might not be that person that continues. You know, we will eventually get to the goal, but we're going to take care of everything and everything that spawns off that to get to that goal. Men just completely drive towards that goal. And once you realize the difference between men and women, then you realize the best way to work as a team and work together. Because truly, it's like anything else. If we're separated, it's gonna we're and we're continually fighting against each other, like maybe those on another political party on the other side might go for. That then we're never going to actually be able to achieve the the total picture and what what our end goal is. 
So, you know, first of all, you mentioned your wife. I give her some major accolades. It's from what I understand, you have some amazing daughters. And I can always tell the fruit of a parent is by their children. Now, sometimes you get some crazy things and, you know, others. I always joke my, my crazy uncle's DNA kicks in in some of their traits. But the truth is, good parents produce good children. Good children are produced by good parents. So obviously, I'm talking to you, but that puts a lot, especially considering they're female, to their mother. And I wrote the Book of Roar for my daughter because, and I say for my daughter and my son, but mainly my daughter for many reasons, but mainly because I wanted her to know that if she wants something, if she wants a dream, she can accomplish it. I always had the dream of being a wife, of being a mother, but I also, at 11 years old, watched bombs exploding over Wolf Blitzer's head in Iraq and said, I want to be a wartime journalist. And I started at 11, doing everything I could. My passion is telling the story of people, whether it's in business, whether it's in their personal life. That is my passion. And I believe that Americans have such a phenomenal story to tell. And so at 11 years old, I said, I want to be that person on TV. Joe London was my hero. Blitz was my hero. All of these people, I want to be just like them. So when I got married and had kids, all of a sudden the economy drops out and my husband's a home builder. I'm going, okay, I've been home for three years, but I've got to find a way to, you know, I, it was killing me on one side that I, my job was to tell people story. And all of a sudden the only story I was telling was basically Dr. Seuss. But on the other side, I noticed that our family income was not going to make it. We, we might be good now, but we weren't saving. We weren't putting away for our retirement. And we were going to end up being more of a burden on our children than necessarily, you know, than, than what my parents might be on me at this point. So I knew that I had to get back into the business world. And that's, that's where, I, where I went back to work. And I think many women themselves today are finding that. They're looking at their budgets going, man, I, I love staying with my children. That was always my goal. But at the same time, you know, we're going deeper in debt. We might lose our house. I've got all of these great things that I've been trained, you know, I have the education for, or I know that I'm good at. I, I want to find a way to utilize that so that I can be a better, I, I can better prepare my families for their future. And that's what war is about. It's, it's motivating those women, inspiring those women, and also telling them that it's okay um, to, that you're not the only one with a crazy schedule and you will survive. So it's a bit of therapy as well. Um, when women when women read it, but also men, men are enjoying the stories as well. You know that's that is really uh, really a neat approach to things, and I really appreciate that. The the one thing that that I really want to get your feedback on, though, that's kind of a follow on to this, is that uh, you know as as a member of the team uh, who's contributing financially and is obviously pursuing her passion. But also being, you know, the the wife and the mom. How do you? Uh, what are the keys? What are the ingredients for maintaining the right kind of balance so that uh, so that you can you can essentially do both? And I know women are a lot better at multitasking than men are than men are. I, I go through that here all the time, uh, you know. But how do you go about maintaining the kind of balance that allows you to meet the needs all the way around? No, and then that's the thing. The number one issue is prayer. And it's prayer between my husband and I. It's prayer between between our children. You know, when I first went back to work, my husband looked at me and he said, "Okay, you're a communication major. This is your job. It is to go out there and, and tell the story." I said, "Well," and then I started traveling, and I started traveling more. I'm going on year three of traveling, and and, and I think I probably have a few friends left at home. And I told him, I said, "At any point." Because my husband's blessed. He's in a family business. He's a home builder, and he's also a local elected official in, in Tennessee. Um, 
so he has he has more flexibility. But he definitely says stay. He's definitely at the home. He's in the city where our children go to school. I said at any point this is too overwhelming, and we're seeing that my traveling is affecting our family beyond something that we feel comfortable with. I will stop. Now we'll have to cut back, you know, financially. We'll, we'll definitely have to figure, but we will figure something else out. So every week, I always check with my husband, and we always pray, and we always ask, "Are we doing the right thing?" And, and we always check with the children. Yes, did it not absolutely kill me yesterday? I, I was able to go home Saturday morning, um, and I had to leave last night at, at for a 6 p.m. flight to New York. And as my daughter had tears rolling down her eyes, um, did that not absolutely break my heart? And did I not, I mean, my husband literally had to come and get me and, and take me out of the room because I was about to choke up on it. You had to sit there and wonder. But unfortunately, um, the, the key is, is you, you're always having to be a team. You know, when if someone comes to me and says, oh, we're getting married and we're going to have a 50-50 relationship, I'm going to say, you know what, let me give you a card for a divorce attorney because that's probably where it's going to end up. If you go into marriage thinking that your marriage, and almost the same thing with business, if you think your marriage or your business partnership is going to be 50-50, you're never going to make it. Marriage is 70-30, 60-40, But in the end, it equals 100. And if you sit there and keep looking at, well, I did, all, you know, I did this stuff and he did this and you had your columns and you keep to those rigid columns and you sit there and you resent your partner when they don't fulfill their columns. I guarantee that marriage will never work for you. You've got to realize that in the end, it's a t- it truly is a team effort when it comes to raising family, when it comes to providing for the house, when it comes to taking care of the house. And as long as you have that mindset and you have that honest communication with your spouse and a team player, um, and, and the kids also, it, it's building them also, including them in what's going on. You know, my children are key intricate. If you read the book, you will find out. I talk about who I call Chicken and Biscuit. They're six, they're se- uh, six and seven years old. Um, chicken and Biscuit all the time. And I talk about my adventures in parenthood. I talk about them. I talk about them on air because they are a part of my life and they're a part of my story and I get my knowledge from it. So the children learn to also watch for mommy on TV and to sit there and they, and they learn to talk about it. And they, you know, unfortunately, I think my son has driven his very liberal common core teacher crazy. Um, because he goes in every day with a different fact why Common Core is bad and why she is not nice in teaching it to him, um, which makes for real interesting parent-teacher conferences. Uh, that you have to, it truly becomes, your family becomes a team. It's no longer just I in it. It's a team effort. And I think that's, when you know you've got that support, when you know that you're supporting each other, that's the only way you can do this type of life. Yeah, absolutely true. And it's interesting because that's exactly what we've, you know, what we've done in our home. And one of the things that my, one of the ingredients that my wife put in and that she taught our girls that I think is going to make them fabulous uh, wives as they get older uh, is that, you know, she came from it from the perspective of, you know, hey, you know, you have to realize that today is not your day. Tomorrow ain't looking too good either. Uh, you know, and, and that when you live in a family of five people, the best that you're going to get is 20% of the time you're going to get your way. And most of the time mm-hmm. it's going to be less than that. So get used to it. Play as part of the team and, and let's focus on, on achieving the things that we need to achieve. And that, that's really, really powerful. Well, we're having a conversation with Scotty Hughes this morning and we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. I believe in miracles. 
My organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs. This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate, and inform your audience, call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development, and spiritual topics, and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call. 203-599-1467. Next time on Sports Spectrum, there's encouragement for you and your family involved in sports. We're taking a look at being a wise sports parent. We'll turn to the pages of God's Word for direction, and we'll also hear from former collegiate coach Scotty Kessler and former LPGA pro Tracy Hansen. It's Wisdom for Sports Parents on the next Sports Spectrum. Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on Life Changing Radio. Looks quite pleasant through the afternoon across the Connecticut Valley. Low, maybe mid-60s. A few clouds tonight with a weak cold front going through. 40s to near 50. Mostly sunny with a brisk wind at times tomorrow close to 60. Sunshine again for Monday. Seasonable near 60. Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show, where we've been visiting with uh, Scotty Nell Hughes uh, and talking about uh, building a successful life and how women uh, play into everything that's going on and and what uh, how do we do, how do we divide responsibilities how do we communicate and and some of the things that we've been talking about that I think are so powerful. First of all, is that faith has to be an important part of your life. It has to be the most important part of your life because uh, that's the foundation that we build on. And uh, and as it says in the New, New Testament, if we build on sand, uh, if we don't have that sure footing in our lives and that foundation, which is Jesus Christ, we're, we're all going to be in trouble uh, because things are eventually going to to crumble. The second thing is, is that teamwork in the family is really, really critical. And I have to say, uh, as a man, I think that that's what men, well, one of the major things that men struggle with. Uh, Scotty was talking about how men are focused on getting out there and achieving the goal, but women are into the the details, and they constantly have their antenna up, listening for what's going on, and being intuitive and anticipating things that are happening. And because of that, I think women are much more, uh, you know, especially conservative women. They're much more oriented toward playing as as members of the team, <clears throat> you know, rather than uh, rather than uh, going off on their own. And men have a problem with that. I think you know, I think all men struggle uh, with being members of the team and communicating that they really the way that they they really need to. And the other thing we were talking about is achieving balance. And, you know, through prayer uh, as, as individuals, through prayer as families, and through always checking in uh, with each other and kind of keeping tabs on things and asking the questions about how things are going and what are you struggling with. And I think those are really, really vital things. Uh, so with that, I'm really excited to get back to our second segment with, uh, with Scotty Hughes. We're back on with Scotty Hughes, uh, and we're talking about her book *Roar* and uh, and you know how conservative women are are going to be able to impact the world today. And Scotty, kind of the next question I wanted to talk about is that 
when I look at what's going on in the world today, uh, I believe that regardless of our political affiliations, as Christians, as Americans, and as business people, we're really fighting for our very existence. Uh, what is it that conservative women bring to their families in the marketplace, you know, do you think, that can help take our country and the world in a more positive, compelling, successful direction? Well, here's the thing. They've done a study, and Arthur Brooks, I've cited it within the book, but you can also look it up online. Arthur Brooks did a study, and it proves that conservative women are happier than liberal women. I mean, it literally actually proves it. And it comes down to two things. One is that they have a faith, and two, the importance they put on family. And those two things right there, everything else can blow up in the world. And you think about your own personal life. You go, you know what? I, I, I could lose my job. I could be fired. I, I could, you know, stub my toe, anything you have to me. As long as I have my family next to me, and as long as I have my faith in God, then I know I'm a happy person. I'm the luckiest person in the world. And it comes down to it. So conservative women today have that outlook. Um, we sit there where, where liberal women are trying to sit there, and, and they, they look at, I, I truly believe they look at men as someone not only they want to be equal with, they want to be better than. They want to be above. They want to be. They want to be treated better than their their liberal than their male counterparts. Conservative women aren't that way. We're like, you know what, men? You are good. You have some great attributes. There are things that you are better at that I would not even want to touch, and that's within any relationship. So you do that. I do my job. Let's figure out how to work together, and then we'll make a much happier, stress-free life. And I think that's the difference. We see men as a team, as another, as a player on our team where liberal women look at his men as our competition, and that's not how it is. Um, you know, we talked about last week, a study came out how women actually would prefer, always would prefer to have a male boss over a female boss. Well, that's true, because women can be evil. I'm sorry. I, I love my female girlfriends. I survived a sorority. I lived junior league. I've done all the Southern things you can do. But women can be very competitive. And, and the older we get, luckily, I think it's reduced. But the truth is, is that because there are so, um, there's so many things that we try to achieve, we're just naturally competitive people. And so I actually enjoy, I am so happy that I'm married to a man, a male, even if the Bible had not ordained that women should be married to men and men should be, and, and that the same sex marriage is wrong. Even if the Bible had said that, I have to tell you, there's a reason behind it because women and another woman, it, it, it would be a constant battle. And I think that's what you're finding out right now as society, you know, these social roles are changing. We're seeing that there's a reason why God gives us the laws that he does in the Bible, because not only do they make sense, but they allow for a much peaceful life. So the, the, the conservative home is one that is truly based in, grounded in family first and, and making sure that it's based in God. I don't think you can see that on, on the other side. Yeah, that that I think is is really is really true. And you know what, I think in some respects, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I think that the church uh, has played a, a role in in this whole thing. Um, I, I read a book several years ago by uh, John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. And in the book, he talks about how uh, in the church today, men have been emasculated, not only by women, but by the church, because he said, you stop and think about it. He said, if you if you're a man in the Christian church today, you can, uh, if you work really, really hard, you can achieve the lofty, elevated position of being a really nice guy. And he said, when, and he said, now go back to the Old Testament. And he said, look at people like Moses, look at people like David, 
Uh, you know, and then go to the New Testament and look at people like Paul. He said, if anybody asks you to describe one of those three peoples, to give their characteristics, would a nice guy ever come into your thought process? And he said, no, these guys were warriors. You know, they were good people, but they were not nice guys. They were strong. They were decisive. They were warriors. And God says in the Old Testament, I am a warrior. And, and what he's saying is that, you know, men need to step up and take their leadership role uh, under God in the family. And, and I think that, that because men have been emasculated by the church, that a lot of times or a lot of things that are happening where women are stepping up and leading because their men won't. I mean, is that is that well, does that align with what you're finding? No, I, I think you're right. I think you're very, very right about that. And it's not that men won't. I think men, unfortunately, we live in a society today where men are truly, you know, they talk about this war on women, which is just truly a facade, in my opinion. Um, the, the truth is there's a war on men. And you're going to see this war continue, and I believe it's coming from a political aspect, but you're going to see it continue where men today um, – the strong man is not celebrated anymore. We're putting our NFL players in pink for the love of God. And while, yes, I'm all for finding a cure to breast cancer, there's a lot of other cancers that need attention that don't put the manliest of male sports with them all clothed in pink, a very female color. I am sorry, but I, I believe that in the church, and I believe that we do like strong leadership. Now, I went to, when I was 15 years old, my mother gave me a gift and sent me to K. Arthur's boot camp. And one of the things I admired so much about the K and she taught me a lot and I still I, I still actually hold on to even the times are changing um, but I still hold on to that she would not initially preach um, to the men and if there is preach a sermon a full sermon unless if there were men in the room um, she'd have her husband do it or she'd have her husband along her side and I do believe in that I'm sorry there's something nice about that I'm the same way that doesn't mean that her words are any less more powerful or they're not any less more from God that's far from it but we, you know, we show by leadership. We sit there and set the example for it. And if we want to have strong males in our families and our households, and by golly, we need to have strong men in the pulpit. We need to have men that literally fear God and don't fear our government. That is what we need. And so those are the, those are the things right now. If you want to sit there and see, uh, it's leadership by example. And I believe that the church every Sunday has more power than probably any other uh, part of culture today to sit there and set the example on what a godly, Christian, strong male should be. And, and unfortunately, you're, you're seeing some of those downfalls, and, I, and I'm not seeing those men. We don't have the strong ones that we had in the past. But like I said, it just takes one, and you see that so many so many times and times again. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and that's one of the things that's interesting, because I met with a couple of pastors uh, about two or three weeks ago, and what they're trying to do here in Connecticut is to actually create uh, a support network for other pastors, because they go around and they visited other churches churches and and they said, you know, what I hear from the pulpit is the most watered down, wishy-washy, mamby-pamby gospel. And what they're trying to do is put together an alliance of pastors who will agree and will support each other and get up in the pulpit every Sunday morning and tell the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really present the gospel the way it's supposed to be and give the instruction and begin mentoring, uh, you know, both men and women in the roles that they need to have and how they fulfill those roles. And, and getting back to your point, Scotty, how do we work together as a team? 
in order to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, to move forward because you know, I agree completely with you. I mean, my wife and I, when we were raising our children, we looked at things from the viewpoint of this is the next generation of kids. These are the people who are going to be leading our country uh, in the future. And so we have an obligation not only to raise them to be godly people in society, but to, you know, but to ensure that society goes on um and and that we that we continue to develop the kinds of things that would you know the kinds of people that we need to take responsibility when we're no longer here no you're you're completely correct and that's and that's the one that we have to do within the church you know i i waver back and forth because i hear different people people say well the church has become too much of a business well you know maybe possibly the church did need to become a business to a certain extent but you don't want to have it to where the business is in a business ground in god first you know, I love to see, you know, you see some churches right now that are growing into retirement communities, some churches that open daycares. I'm sorry, I think that's wonderful. You know, to me, my church has become my community. We live in a world where everybody goes 5,000 different places. But I have my Sunday school class. Even this past weekend, went to an away football game, and I was with my Sunday school class. We go on weekend, we go, we go on family retreats. My whole social life is ingrained most probably 80% with people from my Sunday school class. And my children are with their children, and they've been with them since day one. That is the type of community, that is the life. I would much rather have that type of, of a community for my family to be raised in that is ingrained in a good church than necessarily, you know, something to know around a gym or sit around something else. I love knowing that the people that my children are hanging out with are just the same values and have the same principles as I do. So you, you have to look at that, but I agree. It all begins with the church, and it's a very fine line they're having to work in, in society today. You know, we talked about um, a little bit, you know, you're seeing, you know, they love the broadcast. Oh, church numbers are down. Church memberships are going down amongst the denominations. Well, there's a reason for that. But those evangelicals, those independent churches are growing quicker than weeds, and these are good weeds, because these churches right here are doing a phenomenal job of finding ways to reach a niche of people that might not ever come to Christ. And so that that's business to me. That's exactly business. Like I said, as long as it's ingrained in God and your main motivation is getting people in uh, into their faith and encouraging them so that when they die, that they go on and they're with our Heavenly Father and do whatever, you know, then sit there and make it like a business and be prosperous at it. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that that is so critical that we do that because over the years I I think that one of one of the greatest tools that Satan has used against the Christian church is division because you have a church that starts and they're growing and maybe they get to two three four five hundred members and all of a sudden Satan is able to drive a wedge in and start creating some division in the church so now that church splinters and you get four or five factions so you wind up instead of having one church of 500 people, you wind up with 10 churches that have 50 people, and the effectiveness of that ministry is so greatly diminished compared to a church that has, that stays together and has, you know, two or three or 4,000 members, and they have the financial resources, and as you're saying, they have the schools, they have the daycares, they have the small groups where people can really connect, because that's where the, the nurturing and the support system of the church is really getting and putting roots out into the community to grab people and hold on to them. That's it. And, and we don't do any good. You know, it kills us that there actually a church just dying out or financially so much in debt that they can't handle it. Um, you know, yes, churches, there, there definitely are issues. But when I'm sitting here and I'm seeing churches having to make decisions 
that cut services because they don't have the financial needs for it, or they didn't use good business sense and bought property that was never going to be the value. Um, that that that's what that's what's not good. Because the truth is, you, we have got to to be more accountable. We have to be responsible. It's a business, you know. The, the key is right now is that I think majority of conservatives believe in personal responsibility, and that's fiscally as well as professionally as well as, as socially. And so we need to have the responsibility in our own house. And so these churches that overextend themselves, that that maybe build these huge grandiose buildings yet don't know how to pay for it, I, I literally go, guys, you, you can't do that. You know, I understand living by faith. I am a huge believer. My parents truly are great examples of what living by faith means, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to use some realistic common sense when you live by faith. And I think that's what God teaches us to do. He doesn't want us to ever be a burden on one another um, as a knowing choice. We will be. We can be. We all want to lean on it. We all need to have that ability to lean on our brothers and sisters at some point. But the truth is, he wants us to be responsible for ourselves. And, and, and that same thing does with the church. And so those are things that I, I believe that we, we as a, a faith need to you know, teach. I believe that business does belong. I believe financial sense does belong within our church teaching. Um, I get angry at pastors all the time that say, no, I can't talk about politics on the pulpit. You know, I, I just separate the church and state, whatever exact, you know, whatever their excuses might be. I believe the same thing with business. I want a pastor that up there and says, hey, folks, let, let's talk about how you should not be sitting there and buying a brand new car and buying expensive clothes when you still have $10,000 in credit card debt. What is that doing right there? Let's talk about people that, you know, you have to fulfill your obligations first. I believe we need to talk about business. We need to talk about politics. That is life today. I love the stories of Noah's Ark. I love the stories of the journey of Moses. I love the stories of, but you know what? A good pastor finds a way to take those stories and relate them to the issues that are facing us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, and stop and think about when the early church, when they were getting together uh, as the early church back in the New Testament, that was what they were doing. Uh, there was the practical application. And, and I think that's what the church needs to be all about is how do you take the Bible and apply it to uh, to your lives? Um, a number of years ago, uh, I was listening to a program by one of my favorite guys, a fellow named Jim Rohn. Uh, you know, Jim's a, was he he died a few years ago, but he uh, uh, he was a, a very very wealthy businessman, and he had worked hard and created a business empire for himself. And he was taking some questions from the, an audience of a couple of hundred people he was talking to. And one of the things that Jim has always said is he's a big proponent of reading and, and ongoing learning. And one of the people was sitting in the front. Rowe said, well, you know, what would you give as the, you know, as like the top two or three books, if I'm going to be successful in business, what's the number one book I should read? And Jim looked at him and said, the Bible. He said, mm -hmm. within, the, within the covers of the Bible is everything you need to be successful as a business person. And the fellow said, well, I don't see the Bible as being a business book. And he said, no, the Bible is not a business book. But he said, the Bible will create the spirit within you to be the kind of person that you need to be to be successful in business. That's what you want to read the Bible for. And so having pastors, as you're saying, Scotty, having pastors who will get up there and and deal with those business issues and preach business, you know, and, and touch on those areas of financial responsibility and how you go about making godly decisions and how you deal with conflicts, not only within your family, but within your business, all of that stuff is is so, so vitally important. You know, we're on with Scotty Hughes, and we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back with more. King Solomon said, to everything there is a season, 
Well, this season has been really hard. Our daily bread, a daily devotional, and a reminder of God's grace and compassion, even in the most difficult seasons of life. I need God's help more than ever, and our daily bread has been a constant reminder to rely solely on Him. Ask for our daily bread when you call 800-535-5712. That's 800-535-5712. Or go to getodb.net. I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition, they're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. You want a better future for you and your loved ones. You feel that you have what it takes, but you just don't know where to start. I can help. My name is Gary Smith. I come alongside you to help you design a plan for your amazing future. Then I mentor you through the implementation process until you're well on your way to achieving your goals. Don't wait another second. Call me now at 203-599-1467 or email me at gary at for a free, no-obligation consultation. Folks, in addition to the station streaming on the Internet through our website, WSTK1550.com. We also want to alert you to our programming available on TuneIn Radio. On your mobile device, download the TuneIn Radio app. Then under the search bar, type in our call letters, WSTK. Now you'll be able to stream our programming on your device. Plus, under the menu icon, you can see our entire program schedule. Also, many of the national programs are archived, so you can go back and listen to previous broadcasts. So no matter where you are, take life-changing radio with you on TuneIn Radio. Temps top off in the low to mid-60s, making for a very pleasant afternoon across the Connecticut Valley. Then a weak cold front going through tonight around 50. Mostly sunshine with a brisk wind at times tomorrow close to 60. Sunshine for Monday as well, a seasonable day near 60 once again. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show and our special guest, Scotty Nell Hughes. Uh, we've been talking about so many uh, so many great concepts here Uh but part of the thing is, and, and the common theme coming through this whole thing in our discussion with Scotty is faith and how faith needs to really be foundational in our lives. And and one of the things we were talking about that I want to highlight just a little bit, and that is uh, for those of us who are business people, as business people, what are we doing to bring people to faith? Do we live our, our lives? Are, are we the, the Sunday go-to-meeting kinds of Christians where we go to church on Sunday, but if anybody was watching us Monday through Friday, they would never know that we're Christians? Or do we live our faith? And by that, I'm not saying that, you know, that we should be going out and trying to force people to believe what we believe or that we should be cramming our faith down other people's throats. But are we in a situation where as we live our lives, we live our lives so that as people look at us, they see Christ? They see Christ in the decisions that we make, uh, in the decisiveness, in leadership by example, uh, in in the ethics that we use, in the way we go about making decisions, in the way we treat our employees, in the way we treat our customers, uh, that they see that we're committed to doing the right things and to being honest and above board and not charging people more than we should. Do people see that, and are they attracted to us uh, as a result of that so that eventually down the road we have the opportunity to share with people why we operate our businesses the way we do? Uh, and and I think it's the same thing in, in church. For those of you who may be listening who are pastors, are you committed to getting up in the pulpit every Sunday and telling the truth 
that's one of the things that seems to be coming under under attack a great deal in this country is that, I mean, look at the situation uh, down in Houston, Texas, where the mayor of Houston was demanding uh, and subpoenaing copies of sermons and copies of talks that local pastors were giving and things like that, uh, because the pastors are standing up and they're daring to take a stand and tell the truth. Uh, how many of you who are who are in our listening audience who are pastors or who go to churches uh, are in a situation where the pastor you believe your pastor is getting up and telling the truth and being honest with you, because that's part of our responsibility is to realize what the truth is and then to live the truth. But we can't many times live the truth if we're not being taught the truth. And that's very, very, uh, very, very critical. Now, and in addition to that, men need to step up. I know that there are several churches uh, in Connecticut who were involved you know, very, very deeply in men's ministry. And the whole idea behind the men's ministries is to, number one, get the men who are in the church to start leading, to start stepping up and taking responsibility for themselves, for their families, for the for church, for spreading the gospel. But then going beyond that, and as the young men are coming up, as they're growing up through Sunday school, creating husbands and fathers and mentorship programs where these young men will step up and lead. And that is so very, very critical in the, in the things that we're doing because that is the foundation for the continuance of our country uh, under the blessings of God and for the continuance of the church and our ability to reach out and do things that are right and, and in service to others. Anyway, we have one more segment with, uh, with Scotty Hughes, so we're going to get back uh, to the, the last segment of our interview with her. Okay, we're back with uh, with Scotty Hughes, our final segment today. And uh, as I was sharing with Scotty, I could talk to her for hours about this because her perspective on things is so vital and and so refreshing. And Scotty, one of the things, one of the other things I want us to talk about just a little bit, uh, and it's a, I'm going to read a, a quote from your uh, from your book uh, in, on the chapter of Blame It on Genetics. Uh, you mm-hmm. said my grandmother lived by hard work and independence. Two virtues she learned from her mother and passed on to mine. I now realize that hard work and independence are not possible without one key element, and that element is strength. So from from your perspective, what's it going to take for us to get that strength back? It seems to me that as an American people, we've become lazy. How do, how do we go about re-energizing and getting that strength back that, you know, that has that helped our our ancestors survived when they first came here. Well, let me say this, you know, and especially if they're listening to the show, I think the American faith, the American spirit, we it is still there. It is still so strong. That's where my frustration goes with today's media, uh, especially the traditional media. You know, they, they do a segment, you know, a week or a segment every day. America, America heroes, America, everybody. Everybody has that type of personality. The whole news should be filled with the great stories, but unfortunately those don't bleed. They don't lead. They don't produce ratings. But the truth is, if you were to watch our news and think, and think what our society, what our American society is, they just based off our news, you would think that we were the worst country. Nobody had food. Everybody was killing each other, um, that we were all dying. And, and that's far from it. Because guess what? I look out my window, the sun is shining. I see people work, walking off to work. I see mothers taking their children off to the park. Um, we live in a phenomenal country. We live in just truly, I, I believe, of, of all in all of the world, we truly live in what God's promised land would look like to me in, in 20, 2014, what it's supposed to look like. The problem is 
is that you sit there and you turn on the TV or you listen to music and you listen to pop culture and pop culture tells us that we have it absolutely horrible. And some people, they buy it. They buy that propaganda. They buy that their lives are horrible. And once you have it in you, once you have that thought, and unfortunately, it's like a snowball. Your life does become that way. And I think that is why we in the church have such a responsibility right now. We, we, we in the business world have such a responsibility world. You know, last week we saw the market. I think people were jumping off buildings. In fact, there was a detective jumper off here in New York City last week Wednesday when the market tanked. And it was literally going up and down. We're, so, we're in a volatile market right now. And, and people are just full of, just, oh, you know, with Ebola, all this. And, yes, there are some horrible things going on in this world. But you know what? The sun is shining. I still have my husband. I still have my children. I still have a few dollars left in the bank account. Uh, if we continue to focus on the negative, which I believe is what pop culture wants us to do, because they want us to thrive on thinking we're a victim, and we don't celebrate that we're actually individuals and the things we've accomplished, then unfortunately our society continues to snowball that way. So what we can do today is, yes, there are horrible things going on in this world. There are horrible things going on personally. But try your best to sit there and look at it from a positive light. You know, my mother called me last, last week and, and she was talking about, you know, where, where life has taken us, her and I both. And, and she's like, you know, you never made one of those decisions that ruined your life. Well, I have a different perspective. I don't believe that there is a decision that can ruin your life. There is not one single decision except for one. And that's if you deny Christ. That does ruin your life. But everything else, you can make bad decisions. Bad things can happen as a result of your decision, but it's how you handle it is whether or not your life is ruined. It's the decisions that follow a bad decision that make you decide whether or not your life is ruined. And I think that's the perspective we have to make with every decision we make. You know what? We might have, we might not know what decision to make and we think we're doing what God tells us to do. It turns out to be a bad decision. Guess what? Our life isn't ruined. We still live in a country with freedom where we can change what path we're going down to at any point. And while I believe that God doesn't necessarily have it pre predetermined what we're going to do, he gives us the freedom of choice, but he knows what we're going to choose. So if you don't think that right next to you, you don't have God walking with you. And so that makes that, that despair go away, knowing that you're never alone on these decisions. Even if they're bad, you always have a chance to get that life put back on the right course. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And that's one of the things I think as Christians that we have that's a tremendous strength that the rest of the world doesn't have. And that is that, yeah, I can look at all of the crap that's going on in the world, but you know what the bottom line is at the end of the day, God's still in charge. And and in his word, he's promised me that he will meet all of my needs. Now, he may not take care mm -hmm. of all of my wants, but he will meet all of my needs. What's not to be joyful about? You know, yeah. So the bank account goes up and down. The stock market goes up and down. You know, and uh, and I've I've had some people come to me with this stock market you know fluctuation last week, and it's like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And I said, I'm going to do nothing. You know, if you get out of the market now, you're getting out at a bad time. You know, just sit back and watch. You know, God's in charge. I'm worried about it. That's that's exactly, and that's what you have to look at. And like I said, it all comes down to personal responsibility in business, and our faith, and in our families. And once you have, once you once that that is truly your groundwork that you that, that you you have God as your basic foundation, and that you're going to make the commitment to be try to be as responsible for yourself. Everything else kind of finds a way of, of falling in line. 
Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, I hate to do this, man. Like I said, Scotty, I could talk to you forever about some of this stuff. And so I'd love to have you back on the show, uh, you know, sometime in the future here. Uh, But as we wrap up here, why don't you just take a couple of minutes and tell our listeners how they can connect with you, where they can get your book, uh, because I think it would be a great thing for uh, for them to help get educated and get reengaged. Oh, fantastic. Well, you guys can obviously go anywhere you want. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, go to Costco, go to LifeSite. It's available in, in most bookstores across the country. And I really I really suggest you pick it up, even for men. Like I said, men are having a great time reading it because it's not one of those that are going to sit there and trounce on men. And actually, my husband actually said it actually helps them because I explain why we women need to give you guys a break in regards to romance. So you might want to like that. It might get you off the, off the couch when you forget about a Valentine's Day. So definitely go pick up Roar. But I'm also news director for TPNN.com. Go check us out. We're a grassroots um, conservative website that posts stories that you need to know to fight politics. Um, that's not finance. I know what's going on in pop culture today, but from a grassroots perspective. And then catch me every week, every night, every weeknight on uh, Making Money with Charles Payne on Fox Business Channel. Uh, check, call your cable station, find out what channel it is. And you don't want to miss this because, like I said, I don't stop talking about my faith and family, whether I'm on air on a liberal station or a conservative station. In fact, I like talking about it on liberal stations just to see them squirm. So definitely please check me out. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the time anytime, because I truly appreciate everything you're doing today. Oh, Scotty, thank you so much. It has been a joy having you on the show today. And as I said, I look forward to staying connected with you and to having you back on the show again in, uh, in a couple of months. So thanks again. God bless and, uh, and keep, uh, keep the faith. Keep doing what you need to do. You got it. Thank you. Wow. Well, that wraps up our time with uh, with Scotty Hughes. And again, I just so appreciate her taking the time to uh, to be on the show today. I hope that you guys have been blessed as much as I have by the the conversation with her and just her her honesty, her forthrightness and expressing her faith and and being the type of person who will live her faith wherever she goes. Uh, that's what we need to be. And, and it really does come down to what Scotty was talking about in the last segment, and that is the whole concept of personal responsibility. Are we going to be personally responsible for uh, for being the kinds of people that God wants us to be? And that doesn't mean trying to do things in our own strength, but are we going to step out on our own uh, and be willing to make that commitment and then ask God to help us to fulfill that promise, to fulfill that commitment that we make to him. And being strong and being Christian people, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, uh, and to let that flow over, not just into our families uh, and our churches, but into our business lives, into our our interactions with every single individual that we, we have the opportunity to interact with during, uh, during the course of our, our normal lives. So that puts a a wrap on another edition of The Gary Smith Show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We really enjoy enjoy having you along for the ride every Saturday morning. We've got some great uh, guests coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, Next week, we have Dan Krask, uh, who's going to be talking about why WordPress is like building a deck. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about business and websites and things like that. And then on November 8th, our, our guest will be Dr. Gina Loudon talking about Christian leadership. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of the day. Have a blessed weekend and a good week coming up. God bless you. Live your life on purpose.
Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.